Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, Pastor of Mission and Worship at LMPC, and this is a Pillar and Ground Confession episode. In our Confession episodes, we seek to understand and apply the truths in our Westminster Confession of Faith. And this week, we're continuing our study of chapter 8 on Christ the Mediator, and we're looking particularly at paragraph 6 of chapter 8. Just by way of reminder, so far in this chapter, we've looked at who Christ is as the one who is both fully God and fully man. And then we've also looked at what he has done as our mediator, both in his active obedience, so his righteous life that he perfectly lived, and in his passive obedience, his atoning death on the cross. If it's helpful, you might think of what we've discussed so far in chapter 8 as a look at the Redeemer and the redemption he accomplished. Today, we turn our attention to the application of that redemption. So we've looked at the Redeemer, redemption accomplished, and now we are looking at redemption applied. So let me read uh, chapter 8, paragraph 6, and then we will spend a few minutes unpacking it together. Although the work of redemption was not actually accomplished by Christ until after his incarnation, yet the power, efficacy, and benefits of it were applied to the elect in all ages successively, from the beginning of the world, in and by those promises, types, and sacrifices, by which Christ was revealed and signified to be the seed of the woman who would bruise the serpent's head and to be the Lamb slain from the beginning of the world. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Paragraph 6 of chapter 8 addresses a question that we've actually already looked at uh, together in our discussion of the covenants in chapter 7. And so because of that, this episode is going to be a little bit shorter than our usual episodes. In one sense, this paragraph is reiterating what the confession said in chapter 7, paragraph 5. It answers the same question, namely, if we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, that's what we believe, what's the deal with everyone born before Jesus came? Or put another way, how were people saved in the Old Testament? You can uh, imagine the question, if, if it's required for you to believe in Jesus to be saved, what do you do if Jesus hasn't come yet, if he hasn't been born, if you don't even know that that's the name of the one you're supposed to believe in? Chapter 7, paragraph 5, answered that question by talking about the continuity between dispensations and the one covenant of grace, so the continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Chapter 8, paragraph 6, the one we're discussing today, answers that question by talking about the application of Jesus' redemption. So it's, it's the same question, but coming at it from slightly different angles. To sum it all up, both paragraphs are giving the same answer to that question. How are Old Testament believers saved? They were saved the same way we are, by grace, through faith, in the Messiah. Now, of course, we have to uh, see where the confession is getting all of this. And so I want to camp out in a few different passages in the New Testament, because I know for some of us, perhaps this will be uh, new information. Many of us were taught or perhaps just assumed that the Old Testament believers were saved through obedience to the law. And then that wasn't working very well. So Jesus came, and now we believe in him, and we're saved that way. So the Old Testament was Obey the law, the New Testament is believe in Jesus. But as we talked about in our discussion of chapter 7, paragraph 5, that's actually not what the Bible teaches. So Paul says in Romans 3, as he's talking about justification, how we are declared right with God, how we have our sins pardoned, he says we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. So you we're not justified by works of the law. How are we justified? We are justified, he says, by faith. And Paul assumes that that's going to raise some questions for his hearers. So people who have read uh, the Old Testament and people who believe in the law as a means of salvation would say, well, okay, what about Abraham? What about those characters in the Old Testament? 
And that's where he goes next. Listen to what Paul writes in Romans 4, 1 through 5. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. So Paul says that Abraham was not saved by his works, but by faith. He believed and it was counted to him as righteousness, the same way that we are. The author of Hebrews echoes that in chapter 11 of that book when he writes, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, that is faith, the people of old received their commendation. Now, it's interesting there that the author of Hebrews uses that language, the people of old, because it's clear from the rest of that chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews, that by people of old, he means Old Testament believers, because he then goes on to cite that what's called the Hall of Faith passage. Uh, he references all of these Old Testament characters and how they were saved by their faith, the same way that we are. If you've been with us on Sunday mornings for our Deuteronomy series, perhaps you'll remember some of the stories about Israel's wilderness wanderings and God's provision of manna or bread from heaven and water from the rock. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 4, Paul actually goes so far as to say that the rock was Christ. So in some sense, Paul says, Jesus was with Israel and providing for them even in their wilderness wandering years, far before he took on flesh, far before he died on the cross. Jesus was providing for God's people. So those are a few places where we learn that the difference between the faith of Old Testament believers and New Testament believers is not one of substance or or object, but of orientation. We both believe in the same Messiah. We both believe in Jesus. They were looking forward to his coming, and they were believing in him as he was represented to them in, in the promises that God gave them, in the types that pointed forward to him, in the sacrifices that pointed forward to him. All of these revealed Christ and signified him to be the one that was promised in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman who would bruise the serpent's head. All of these pointed forward to him as the lamb slain from the beginning of the world, as the book of Revelation tells. So we, as New Testament Christians, are looking back on Jesus' coming and believing in Him as He is revealed to us in the Scriptures, and the Old Testament believers were looking forward to it, uh, waiting for Him to be revealed. Uh, And so all of the Old Testament realities, types, shadows, sacrifices foreshadowed Christ. St. Augustine summarized the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Well when he said, In the Old Testament, the New Testament lies hidden. In the New Testament, the Old Testament stands revealed. And so it's almost as if as we pass from the Old Testament to the New Testament, it's like we've been in a room that we've become familiar with that's that's dark, and someone has turned on the lights. The furniture hasn't changed. There's just a lot more light. All of a sudden, we can see clearly what's there. So all of these Old Testament sacrifices were, in some senses, the shadow of Christ. As the light comes on, we see the substance to which they point. It's exactly what Jesus demonstrates to the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, after his resurrection, it says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So Jesus taught those two disciples that all of the scriptures were pointing forward to him. 
And so the confession says all of those types and shadows in the Old Testament were used by the Holy Spirit to build up the elect in their faith in the promised Messiah. They didn't know that his name was going to be Jesus. They didn't know when he was going to come. They didn't know everything, of course, that we know now on the other side of his incarnation. But as they looked to God and trusted his, trusted his promises and turned in repentance and faith to him, they were saved, just like we are. So they received all of the benefits of Christ's life, death, and resurrection, even though it hadn't happened yet. And it was applied to them in and through those promises, types, and sacrifices. So to sum it all up, how were Old Testament Christians saved? The same way that we are. Faith in the seed of the woman who would crush the serpent's head. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you will join us again for future episodes.